perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for being here listening to our program today. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I am on vacation, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I am able to do this through the magic of technology. Uh, so I'm playing on a beach someplace uh, right at the moment, but I am able to bring you an interview at the same time. So uh, no, it's the magic of technology. I'm not bilocating like uh, Padre Pio. However, um, I, I do want to mention to you that uh, it would be still a wonderful thing if you'd head over to our website, uh, patchworkheart.org, and engage with our ministry over there. Uh, we have some really great premium content on Patreon as well, and uh, you can directly go to Patreon, patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry to find out um, a little bit more about our premium content and what we're doing with Fiat Ministry Network. Uh, we've got some great tiers for you, and we hope that you are uh, growing your Catholic faith uh, through our premium content. Uh, but on today's program, I am blessed to be joined by Michael Nations, and Michael is the, uh, he, first of all, he's a husband and father, but he is also the director of youth ministry for the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, uh, which is in Missouri. So, uh, Michael, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for uh, being here today on Young Catholics Respond. No problem at all. It's great joining you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'd first like to kick off the uh, program today with a little bit of your faith journey. If you would just tell us a little bit about your personal faith journey and how you came uh, to have a greater awareness and understanding of who Jesus is in your life, that'd be awesome. Sure. Uh, I ended up, I grew, or I've grown up in a family of uh, 11 kids total. Um, my mom was actually a stay-at-home mom, and so we had that pleasure of, uh, you know, always being able to torment our moms whenever we needed to. Um, but then I ended up, uh, we were a solid Catholic family. Like, we grew up, we did a lot for the church, um, I, and I always describe it as my mom and dad taught us how to put our faith into action. They always, in whatever talent and whatever way possible did different things for the church whether that be lead fundraisers or build things or um, my mom washed and sewed many items for the church and so we always had that uh, we didn't have great theological discussions but in the town i grew up in there was a seminary about half a mile away from us and uh, we went to the catholic school um, I, I was fortunate enough to where my town was probably 90% Catholic. And so we just had that um, atmosphere around us. And then uh, went off to college. I actually went to Benedictine mm. and uh, met my wife there and always had the opportunity for um, just having that same atmosphere of strong Catholic um, surroundings. And it wasn't until after that when... Um, I decided to get a biology degree because I loved being outside and working outdoors more that it took me to Warrensburg, which then ended up, uh, I worked in conservation for three or so years. And at some point in that, uh, atmosphere, um, and in college, I just kind of had that, you know, like every 
all of a sudden this realization that every decision or every aspect should be a discernment of what God's hoping for me to happen in my life to lead others to him. And so while working conservation, I had the just the weird circumstance where uh, our friend was the youth minister. And I said, hey, I think I can actually help establish a mission trip to St. Louis. And it was you know, just simple, easy. But we went and did Habitat for Humanity and turned out that all of a sudden that youth minister goes, hey, I'm actually leaving the position and I think I want you to apply for the job. And I actually said, I have no idea what a youth minister does. <laughs> and and in that word, weird circumstance, I ended up becoming youth minister because uh, I applied and every decision from the moment of meeting my wife and kind of having that change um, was always a discernment of what God needed. And so every step of the way, I've basically just said, hey, if you want me to be the youth minister, then okay, I'll take the chance and follow your lead. Seven years later, uh, my wife said, hey, it'd be great if you got a job up near Kansas City because she was working close to there because I have friends and I have all this other stuff going on. Mm. Lo and behold, two weeks later, the director of youth ministry at the diocese comes available. <laughs> and I kind of said to myself, I don't want to work in inner city, Kansas City. But it's the way it worked out. Um, ended up interviewing, got the job. And again, the same things happened. Of, I, And I even told her, I said, if God really wants me up there, then he'll make it happen. I'm not too worried about what it's supposed to be. And that's where I am now. That's so amazing. You know, God's providence is so good. And, uh, and, and it's such an amazing thing. You know, you followed, um, you know, great, great example of your parents. And, and, and that makes such a big difference, right? When you, uh, that, that faithfulness of that faith into action and uh, just knowing that, that, that God takes care of you when you're faithful to him. And so um, what, a, what an amazing journey. I think, um, I think it's a very relatable one because I think a lot of people, um, you know, especially in ministry, do have, um, you know, a, a previous, um, you know, background in, in some type of, um, you know, worldly uh, profession before they go into uh, full-time ministry. And what a, what a beautiful story. Uh, and, and just a reminder to people out there that, you can you can totally you know um, you know through through God's grace just end up <laughs> where you're supposed to be, and um, so I'm I think your story is awesome and it just it just a very relatable great story. Um, I I would love to ch- chat with you about uh, some of the great things um, that you're that you're doing um, for uh, the Diocese of Kansas City uh, Saint Joseph, and um, you know I I I know that uh, just by hearing your story and talking to you a few times that your faithfulness and, um, and your, um, and your, uh, faith are really very, very good to, uh, help direct the thought of your entire diocese. I mean, this is where God has planted you. So talk with us a little bit about, um, what the game plan is for coming out of COVID at the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, and how you guys are preparing um, the, you know, the hearts of the young people and really all people uh, in the area to become more Catholic. I know that's one of the things we talked about, becoming more Catholic and entering more into your faith versus shying away 
and and going the other way. So talk with us a little bit about that game plan. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Everybody comes into any job and expecting a pandemic to hit, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I, with my current bishop, I jokingly told him when he first started, I said, look, in the seven years I was at the parish, I had three different pastors. In the first seven years of the diocese, I don't want to have three different bishops mm. because the one who hired me uh, ended up a year, right around a year after me being here, ended up resigning. Um, and then now I have Bishop Johnston. And so with having the new bishop, we ended up going into a um, kind of a, not a restructure, but more of a, he wants to do a pastoral plan. Yeah. So we did listening sessions, did all kinds of things, which led to, um, and I actually love the, the, the design and the structure of it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really like a threefold purpose to it. Um, we're going to heal the community. We're going to grow the community for evangelization. And we're going to make sure that, uh, the community is as efficient as possible. Meaning like if something isn't as focused as it could be for evangelization or for the mission of the church, then let's make sure to refocus that effort. And so uh, when that came out, it was, um, it was just kind of a, kind of a realization that, wow, this is similar to what I've been thinking for a while, similar to what I know the Bishop has been thinking as well. Yeah. But it turned out that through the listening sessions, a lot of people were expressing and on the same page as what, he was and what I think the chancery is as well. Yeah. And so um, kind of each aspect. So the healing aspect is that, look, all of us at some point in life have some wounds that we're all trying to heal from, trying to grow out of. And so that's where that part of the pastoral plan is to really focus on whenever you do have a wound, whenever you do have something that you're struggling with, we're there, we're ready to walk with you. We're ready to encounter you on that part of the journey. And then it kind of transitions into, when you grow out of that, you have to continue to grow stronger and become focused on what that mission is that Jesus has for you. And so that's a lot of, that's a little bit more of where I come into play is that aspect, not as much the healing. Um, not that we don't encounter plenty of wounds that the youth are going through that they're struggling with, but it's one where um, I think a lot of my talents and assets are really focused on that. How do we help you grow from that wound to be stronger? And then even the last aspect, um, it's always intrigued me. <laughs> And, and I only say it's intrigued me because even when I was at the parish or when I was at um, in any of the professions I've been in, yeah. it's, it's always kind of been a pet peeve of mine of like when you're not doing something efficiently, how are you actually making sure that it's doing as well as it possibly could? Um, and I only say that because coming from conservation, and this is a little bit of the personal and the professional mixed together. Yeah. I was focused on wildlife preparation on the conservation land. 
And so everything we did, like what we planted, what we took down, everything was to make the life of the animal as efficient and as um, able to strengthen them as much as possible. Mm. And so it was just one of those where let's be efficient with what we're trying to do because we only have a limited resource of time. Yeah. And so why not let the opportunity for that organism to grow as strong as possible? And so then that's why it always intrigues me to listen to it and kind of look into that because why not have that opportunity if you're not as focused on the mission and the evangelization that can happen, then what are the efforts for? Right. Yeah, no, you know, that's, that's such a great point. And I think really, as you mentioned, you know, your background in conservation really, really does help uh, you bring that, bring that forth because you realize that, you know, what, what we are created for is something greater than, Mm -hmm. uh, than, than just our, um, you know, mere existence. We're created for something greater. There's a greater purpose to our existence. And so, um, you know, even, even when we're uh, taking care of uh, the, the creation that God gave us, uh, he, it, is, um, it is also, you know, for, our, for us to benefit from. But, but man, we've got to take care of our eternal souls to, uh, so, so, that, so that we can enter into heaven and, and strengthen them. And so what a, what a great thing. I really like the plan uh, that, you know, you know, that you talked about, the you know, first mm-hmm. healing uh, and then growth, and then from there into the efficiency. Uh, so I, I, I really, really enjoy it, and um, I'm enjoying the conversation. I have to take a short break here, though, Michael, and then when sure. we come back, uh, we'll continue our conversation. Uh, so we will be right back here on Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Today my guest is Michael Nations. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147. Or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Hi, everybody. Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back here to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder, and today my guest is Michael Nations. He is the Director of Youth Ministry for the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. And we're having a great conversation. He's got a a fascinating personal journey. So if you're listening to this on the radio and you just tuned in, uh, I encourage you to listen to it on our podcast feed, uh, the first half of the program on our podcast feed, uh, because it's just a great uh, personal journey. And it's led into his uh, working with the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, and really helping um, the diocese in this threefold plan to heal, to grow, and then uh, to really go ahead and uh, become efficient disciples in the community um, 
you know, in the Kansas City area, but it's really something that can be applied nationwide. And so, Michael, I want to dive into, um, you know, the plan just a little bit more. And uh, one of the one of the lines, uh, you sent me a great outline uh, to kind of have our conversation today. And uh, one of those one of those things struck me because it's underlined, but not only because it's underlined, it's one of my favorite uh, scriptures uh, from John 15, John chapter 15, where it says, I speak to them in this world so that they may share my joy completely. And uh, when we talk about true joy um, and and the, the growth that comes from the gospel uh, and actualizing that in your life, you know, taking it into action, um, what what are some of the ways that, that you encourage people, and even the young people, people that you work with in the diocese to, um, you know, live that out so that they can experience that joy? What are, what are some of those key initiatives that you're, that you're using? Sure. Uh, some of the things that um, were established and um, hopefully still trying to establish since I've been in the office are things, um, some of the longstanding tradition or uh, established events would be, um, one, really just them starting their personal faith life, meaning teaching them how to pray, teaching them how to get involved, especially in their parish. Um, Because when I was at the parish, one of the things that it seemed like really uh, clicked or made it or solidified it for the youth was when they started becoming a little bit more active in their parish it gave them a comfort level of what it's like to be a member of the parish. And this wasn't just um, from me encouraging them. It was these kids also came from solid, well-rounded families, and they became involved in their parish, meaning they were lectors, they were Eucharistic ministers, all the different aspects they could do. And what happened was when they went off to college and became a young adult, meaning they had to navigate their faith life on their own, they always had that activity to fall back on. Mm. Meaning when you had an uncomfortability in being in college and how do you practice your faith, all of a sudden going to mass and helping at the Newman Center and helping at these different places, those became the most solid youth that left the program and they're still active today. Yeah. Whereas if you if they don't have that welcoming um atmosphere welcoming parish that's embracing them and getting them active in parish life, then it's going to be a little bit harder for them, Uh, which is where when I was at the parish, our whole motto, our whole structure was simply that the youth are an integral and important part of the parish, meaning they are just as important as any other parishioner, and we're going to get them as active as possible before they leave this parish. And so that, it just kind of was like a first step to where they started becoming more active, going out and doing mission trips, going out and doing these different things, and having those deeper opportunities to encounter God. That's when that joy started kicking in. And really, and and I still attest that some of it is that it comes from the families. If the family is strong and solid, and a youth minister is encountering them, they should walk with them, not try to change what's happening. If a youth is struggling and wounded and their family is wounded, try to focus your efforts on that. Help them because they're the ones that 
want to have that same joy that the other families are having, but they're just having some struggles of going through it. And so that's, and that's all it is, is um, you, you kind of will see this initial joy in some, and it's just a matter of helping guide them and help walk with them, not try to change it. But the others that don't have the joy, or it seems like they're still reaching for that, help lift them to a higher level to reach that joy. Um, and so some of the activities we're doing in the, in the office are, we have camp, um, and it's a great camp. It's been ongoing for it's a decade now. And even when I came in, I didn't really try to change a lot of things um, because it's always been touted as one of the best camps around. And the big aspect that I try to do, and that has always been the focus of the camp, is we try to bring a large youth group to the camp, not just individuals, because we always see it as when they leave camp, they need someone to walk with them when they're back in their home. And it only because you have the family that's ready to walk with them, but you now need someone at the parish that has gone through some of the similar experiences. Um, and some of the other aspects we do are we have different youth conferences. Um, we also do different retreats, really most focused around confirmation because we try to let the parish environment embrace them more so than what we're doing at the diocese. But it's some of those parishes that just, it's a good opportunity for them to participate. And it gives a kind of a little bit larger diocesan feel when you do these events. Um, and there's a few other events, but uh, I'm not going to dive right into them for a lot of opportunities or things like that. No, but that's, you know, that's great uh, that, that you, you have a great approach, Michael, to, to doing ministry on the diocesan level because, uh, you know, you're empowering parishes to walk with their youth, and that is so important. Uh, and, and you're also providing the opportunities for them to have a greater experience of what the uh, Catholic Church looks like. I think a lot of young people in today's society feel like, okay, well, this is at my parish. Maybe this is the only place that does this. Uh, when I go off to school, are they still doing it? As you mentioned, you know, well, sure. well, yeah, if they're actively involved, absolutely. Those those opportunities at the Newman Center, those opportunities wherever they go to school, they can plug right in. And, and so if there, um, you know, if there's youth ministers out there listening to this, if there's, uh, you know, even diocesan directors out there listening to this, uh, you know, put put some of the wisdom to use that Michael's sharing with you today, because I, because I believe truly that that is a great model that he's laying forth uh, for you to, to understand that if you uh, give them uh, young people a role in the church, you know, they are the church of today, not just the church of tomorrow. And if you give them that role within the church to participate and have a voice, uh, you will see growth out of that uh, for, for parishes and in the long run. Is everything going to be perfect? No, but, but it rarely is, right? We have, mm -hmm. but, but, but you will, you, you will see greater results, um, through that. So, so Michael, that, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, I know the other, um, you know, a large piece of this you mentioned is the healing process, uh, for, for these teens and, and even these families, right? As you said, you got to pull people out of the, um, out of the, you know, situations they're in before they can experience true joy, right? You have to have the healing before you can have that 
that experience of joy. And I yeah. think that's a really big insight. So how, how do you help the spiritually vulnerable? Like, what are some of those things that you help the spiritually vulnerable come out of that, that with, you know, um, what are some of those targeted, um, areas? Sure. Uh, and there's, there are some, um, and this is where our chancery, I think has been great on the fact of, um, they almost have like certain areas are really focused on that ministry the most. And so out of our office, we don't have a specific one, but I, I can easily direct and I trust and um, have no problem with who's running the other areas um, of ministry. And so of course we have like the office of child and youth protection to help with those that have been physically abused. Um, and, and they're starting to even, I think starting to delve into like emotionally abused, all of the different levels of abuse that can happen. Yeah. Um, that's going to take some more time. And that's kind of part of the, uh, I, from what I can see, the vision of the pastoral plan is that uh, we're going to have what's called journey to Bethany. And it's that focus of, look, you guys all have different levels of woundedness and we want to help walk with that. And so you kind of have these people that are really focused and really good at encountering and walking with them. Um, and so that's going to be something that's developed as well. And there's other aspects of we have a great human rights office that will really focus on those that are struggling through um, abortion or post-abortion or anything dealing with that, along with um, prison ministry. And it's not just those that are in prison. It's also those that are trying to walk with the families of those in prison. Mm. And so it's one of those where, um, and more recently, like our family life office has also developed a divorce ministry for not just those that are going through divorce, but those families that are struggling with it to help walk those youth of um, parents who are going through divorce. Mm. Because um, it, it's kind of one of those where the youth is almost like that, and it's an old analogy, but like the canary in the gold mine or in the <laughs> coal mine, meaning when, when there's something that's starting to happen, the youth almost feel it faster than a lot of the rest of the family. And it's because, and, and I always see it as, um, and this kind of goes into more of my own personal approach, and this is as a father. It, when my daughter was born, like, I, I had the realization that, like, look, she came from God. She has a personal relationship with him, and so she's just full of this joy. Mm. Anything that happens from here on out, like, I'm going to potentially be ruining that joy or that relationship with God. So as a father, I'm making sure that that doesn't happen. So I'm trying to foster and keep that relationship going because it's when they enter into the world too often, you end up, um, it just ruins that relationship. But like, it makes them question the relationship. It makes them kind of like that initial conversation or that conversation between Satan and Adam and Eve, like, yeah. Are you sure that's really God? Are you sure all of these things? So it's one of those where like, I don't want her to ever delve down into doubting that it's God. I want her to understand that God's there the entire time with her. Mm. And so that's a lot of how I even take it with youth of, look, God's been here the whole time. He's walking with you. You just have to be willing to listen and open your ears to it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful stuff, Michael. I, I, 
I, uh, I definitely have to have you back on to, to have a, uh, <laughs> another conversation. Uh, this has just been so wonderful. Uh, and uh, as we're wrapping up, I, I wish I could talk to you more, but as we're wrapping up, um, can you give us a little bit of information about how people can get in touch with you, um, you know, to learn more about the different initiatives going on uh, at the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, and, uh, and all the work you're doing? Of course. If you wanted to get in touch with us at the youth office, if you go to uh, kcsjyouth.org, that's our diocesan page. And we also, I've switched it around to where, like I said, I'm really focused on efficiency. You go on there and it'll have a link for parents, for youth ministers, for pastors, for youth. So that way it's not a, let me navigate all these different possibilities. <laughs> it's just simply click on what, what you are in yeah. and then be able to figure out what it is that we can help with. Uh, if you want to see a lot of the, or all of the offerings from the diocese, and there are a ton of them, if you go to kcsjcatholic.org, then you will reach the diocesan page. And we, of course, are linked off of there. Um, and our, our webpage is linked to the diocese so they can go back and forth easily. But every office is on there, everything they offer, um, and they're all great offerings. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Michael, uh, for, for no your problem. time and, uh, and talking with us today. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, same here. All right, well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.